Welcome to Business Aspirin, pain relief for business. Clint Junell has managed a restoration company in Dallas since 2008 and is one of the top drying experts in his region. Clint is also the co-founder of JobDocs, a software developed to help his team manage their overwhelming volume of projects. On the podcast, Clint brings together business managers and leaders to share with you how they have overcome their business pains and how you can too. And now, here's your host, Clint Junell. Hey, good morning, everyone. My name is Clint Janelle. I'm the host of Business Aspirin. And today I have with me Rick Sudam with Paul Davis Restoration. Rick, how are you? Good, good. How are you doing today, Clint? I'm good, man. Thanks so much for joining me and taking the time out of your day. Oh, you're welcome. So happy uh, to be- you mentioned that you guys had a storm this morning. Oh, yeah. There's something coming up the East Coast. Uh, I guess started in the Carolinas and it rolled in early this morning. And it's passing by as we speak. It's around just afternoon time. Uh, opens up some opportunities for you. So let's tell everybody where you're at. You're in Connecticut somewhere. Is that right? We're in the center of Connecticut, Glastonbury, Connecticut. Been here since 1999 and still trying to figure it out. Yeah. And you've been with Paul Davis that entire time since 99? Yeah, since 99. I opened and that's a, that's an amazing run, man. That's amazing that you've been there that long doing that. That's awesome. I love it. So talk to me about that history then. Let's talk about Rick and how you got into the restoration space and what all else you've done. And let's dive in a little bit. Yeah, well, I, I came from outside the industry, graduated from college with a management degree. And I was operating as individual business person, specialty retail for a good dozen years or so. And I came across an advertisement about a uh, business that was for sale. I flew down to Jacksonville, uh, met the folks at Paul Davis and I'm still here today. Still doing it. Still doing it. So what what enticed you to jump into, one, a franchise model uh, option, and two, the restoration space? Well, I didn't have any construction background or restoration background, so I, I was completely green. I was anxious to get into another industry or business that would provide more opportunity for me and my family. And I was looking in many different avenues. And when the Paul Davis opportunity was there, I was talking to them for probably a month, uh, just trying to learn as much as I could about restoration and what it was. And it's, yeah, I told them I didn't have any background. They said, well, we want a business person like yourself, not a carpenter or a painter. And I said, oh, okay, I'm a business person. I can do that. And uh, they provided the necessary training and support uh, to, to get someone that was green and get me up and running. And, uh, you know, visited neighboring franchise offices and just try to learn as much as I could at that time. Sure. That's great, man. So 25 years ago, roughly, right? I mean, we're going into 2024, so 99 Somewhere in the 24 and a half year to 25 year range, right? That you're working from. So very different world now than when you started for sure, right? Like cell phones were a thing, but you weren't, and email was a thing, but not great. All the tools, you weren't carrying a camera around on your phone at the time that that was happening. So you're like spectacular in terms of the idea of business aspirin and navigating some pain points, but some of the pains that you experienced starting are not going to be the same things that somebody starts today would have navigated, right? Because 
like the world moves faster now. We have more access to technology and all those things. And you had to do a whole lot of manila folders and carrying stuff back to the office and scanning stuff in and that sort of thing. So it's definitely a different environment there. Yes. Uh, but let's talk about let's talk about some of the pains in terms of, you know, 25 year ago, Rick jumping into a new industry, a new business model on something that you didn't experience, but I mean, had no experience in well, what's that like? What are the, what were the pain points that you experienced during that time? And what was the pain that forced you to make a change? Meaning you weren't doing this, but you're like, I got to do something different, right? You wanted more opportunity for your family, but like there was something that kind of kicked you out of where you were before going, all right, let's, we're going to take this chance. Let's talk about those things. Well, I think in the other industry, I had plateaued, uh, had a great time, loved it, but it was retail. I never intended to get into retail. I wanted to get into business and I ended up in a retail environment for the most part. So I saw the restoration of, in lieu of being 40 plus hours in a, a retail store or stores, I'm 40 plus hours not in the office all well now more in the office but when i started i was touring the state i was loving it. i'm getting out of the office uh driving around inspecting losses uh getting crews doing what they needed to do uh, and coming back to the office but i, I was only clocking a, a couple hours that day in the office the rest of the time was out in the field which i enjoy and i still do and i still get out to the field because I, I don't like being cooped up in an office for eight, 10 hours a day. That's sure. that's not me. So that's that's what I enjoyed about it. And that's what kind of kind of struck the nerve of getting out of a, a space that you're there for straight eight to 10 hours. Yeah, that's, that's hard, especially like the entrepreneurial mind. That's hard to navigate, right? Like, I don't want to go to the same place every day and continually do the same thing every day because the mind isn't wired for that when you kind of have that entrepreneurial spirit, right? It's like, it's like a prison. <laughs> it's like, okay, I can't really come and go as I want. Cause I got to be at this place doing these things. And so I can appreciate that fully. And so like, I, I get it right. Like for a lot of our guys that listen, uh, most of the people that listen to our podcast are service industry based, a lot of restoration guys. And they're, mentality is that, you know, they want to be out doing, they want to be engaging people. They want to not be cooped up in an office and they want to be moving and going. And I think that most of us are wired that way and because it's really hard to just kind of be like, okay, got to go to the same place and I got it. Okay. I'm going to stand here and I'm going to talk to these customers about whatever it was you're selling retail wise at the time. And not that that's, that works for some people, right? And some people are perfectly content to do that and kudos to them. Just some of us are not wired for that. And I, I know it's, I know it's tough. So you were kind of like, I want to move and want to do. Um, what were some of the pains that you experienced in making that transition? Like, what were some of the struggles? Well, the overall obstacles of uh, finding business, learning how to uh, service the customers that we have. And we all know being in this industry, uh, you want to go out and help people. But being that it's a third-party, three-party relationship, can be a little tough to get the contract signed for whatever reason between the insurance carrier, between the homeowner, property owner, uh, and whatever else in the minutia is going on. And it, to me, that was frustrating at first. You know, I'm here to help you. Your, your insurance company sent me. What's the issue? <laughs> and now I understand it better. I, I feel I can present it better, you know, because we should have 
you know, like a 90% success sales success rate. And we, we still don't, but because uh, there's a lot going on, uh, we, ju- we just got a, a storm claim in from a TPA. We called the guy up. He's like, no, I got the glass company. Come over here this afternoon. I'm all set. Okay, no sale. <laughs> Fortunately, we found that out over the phone opposed to driving yeah. out. Trying to driving do- out there to do it. Right, right. So that you know, those are things that you learn. And uh, we could have ran right out there and try to talk them into a sale or whatever, but it's, it's already sold. So I, I yeah. understand much better now. It's not frustrating. Back when I was starting and I was looking for every job to make a sale because I needed it, it was frustrating. Sure. And that's a problem in itself too, right? Like when you're in that mode of getting started and we've, I've talked to a couple of people about this on the podcast, it's like, you've got to have every job. I want every job. Every job is, is going to be a good job. I got to make this close. I got to make this thing happen. Uh, I need the revenue, whatever the case may be. And then you learn as you get older and more mature, mature by being beat up through the industry, that not every job is a good job. Not everything, like you don't want to run out to a job that's already sold by somebody else and try to switch that out because you're not likely to necessarily make it happen for a glass job, right? To swap some glass out on something. Well, there's no real profit there. So why would we try to run out there, fight to switch it out? Let's just move on down the road and let those guys have it and kind of go from there. So let's talk about that for a minute. Um, That was a TPA job. So 25 years ago, how did you get business? Was most of your work through TPAs at that point or because you weren't running Google ads 25 years ago to try to get leads. You weren't doing social media stuff to try to get leads. So what what's the story? Back then, there was at least one TPA, Contractor Connection. And fortunately, I was grandfathered in with their number one client because they wanted the whole state of Connecticut, all the Paul Davis's to be on board with their program. And even though I was, you know, six months new, they still took them along for the program. The, the rule of thumb, I think, is 24 months or so. It still is. It was back then. So I got started with that program. And there weren't too many other programs. And a lot of the programs, they would just last six months and they would squash them or whatever. Basically, you know, it was a relationship business. Whether you're working with uh, a handful of adjusters or some agents, and that's where your work would come from. Uh, eventually, I advertised in the yellow page, got some work out of there. Uh, but yeah, you're right. There wasn't uh, Google ads and internet. We, you know, the internet came, but I never saw, you know, you're up to your ankles and or your knees in your basement with water. You're really going to run upstairs and boot up the computer and start searching for somebody? You got to be kidding me. Yeah. And now you can't find a yellow page. Books. Yeah. I was fixing to ask you if you still ran a yellow page ad or if there wasn't one. I don't even know if one exists. They probably do at some level. But yeah, those things got real expensive for a while, didn't they? But yellow pages are, you know, an anomaly now at this point, if they even exist whatsoever. And that, that market has completely changed. So you got some work. Was the majority of your work still through Contractor Connection then at that time? Or where where was your wheelhouse? Like, where did you get most of your work at that time? Right. I've, I've always had a good, healthy mix, I, I feel, a good, healthy mix instead of uh, a contractor that has resources of business. It's just, you know, one or two relationships away from going out of business. Uh, I've always had like a half a dozen or a dozen sources of business coming at me from multiple directions. And yeah, we'll, 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 we'll lose a source of business. We may not even notice it for six months. We say, hey, what happened to this source? And things have changed over there. But sure. we have 11 other sources that are still feeding us work. So we've been around long enough. 
we have good exposure on the internet, uh, solid relationships with different uh, business people throughout the state, and they're calling us. So that's that's what's key is they they are calling us because we're we're bringing the goods to the, the game, and you know that helps me not be so reliant on just doing TPA work. Sure. Uh, just doing the franchise work, we're 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 getting you know we're getting from every which way, and we still have the option of pausing the TPA work uh, if we need to. We don't we don't like to, but sometimes it's in everyone's best interest, even though they don't feel that way. Yeah, sure, sure. Especially like if we just had a storm come in, right? It could be that you're buried in other things. And I know when in 21 um, in the Texas freeze. My restoration company was absolutely buried. I couldn't take anything from anybody. Right. Sorry, like I'm buried right now with all this. I get it. You want something to be done, but everybody in Texas is waiting six to eight weeks at this point to get anybody to even touch their stuff. It's just the reality of where we're at, right. um, you know, and and sometimes the TPAs kind of get frustrated with that. And I can understand that because I want their clients taken care of, but everybody was doing everything they could uh, to navigate that. And you can only do what you can do, right? Right. I mean, I can't can't grow more of me and suddenly <laughs> extra of me out there doing it. Like it is what it is. You can touch what you can touch. And, and our team's decent size. What's your wheelhouse in terms of work? Like do you do more residential, more commercial, more water, more fire, which, what's the mix of all of that? Well, I feel we have a good healthy mix. Uh, you know, our, I, I think Paul Davis goal is they're, they're looking to shoot for 20%. I don't think we're uh, for commercial. I don't think we're up to 20% in this office, but we do get a handful of, a good commercial work. If we could just only do commercial work, that's all I would ever do. Hard to stay busy that way, right? Well, the thing is, someone calls you and it's a friend of a friend or a business associate, and we're like, we got to go help them out. And we're not going to say, oh, we're going you know, right now we're, we're not doing residential, we'll do it. But, you know, so whether it's commercial, residential, we're, do, we're doing it. Good, healthy mix. When, when that, big freeze happens or the storm rolls in i've learned over the years you got to focus figure out okay who are the who are the clients that are giving you work on a regular basis and fulfill their needs uh and not try to fulfill everyone's need because you're just going to shoot yourself in the flood if you do and it hurts when you stick your neck out too far it hurts sure. everyone. so I, i've learned that over the years because I always want to sell another job. I, you know, I'm just as guilty as any other contractor. You can't say no. Yeah, yeah it's hard. Contractor's disease. You can't say no. You want to help everybody. Uh, uh, now I can see. Okay, if we if we take on one more job or one more drying job or one more whatever, we're all going to have a really poor week. Everyone's going right. to be aggravated and angry with us. Right. All of it implodes when you do too much, right? Like you can do really good. If I do this number of jobs, I can do all these really well. If I take this extra one, everything suffers a little bit. If I take another extra one, they all look terrible. Suddenly, I don't do any of them well, uh, and that creates its own set of problems. I mean, and I can fully appreciate that because we've been there, right? We've done that same kind of thing. But you're wanting to help, and that's in some cases, like in 21, when the freezes occurred here, and then we had pretty nasty freezes this last Christmas, and like the whole country was hit with that freeze last Christmas. Right. The expectations make a big difference too, right? When you set the expectation with the customer of, hey, look, like the entire state of Texas is frozen and everybody's buried and we're not going to be able to get to you as well as we would like, but we're going to get to you and we're going to do this. And uh, that helped alleviate some of the strain initially, but 
when insurance companies are buried and contractors are buried and material is short. Um, and, you know, you had the whole pandemic prior to that that made everything kind of spin out of control on access to things anyway. It's tough to try to navigate uh, a customer who's had a freeze loss and it takes a little bit longer to put it all back together because they are anxious and they don't understand and remember when you said to them up front, hey, this is going to take a little longer. Uh, people have a tendency to forget some of those conversations because it's inconvenient for them, right? So tell me about a couple of things that you've had to adapt over the last 25 years that were, what was one that was hard to adapt to? And what was the coolest thing you've had to adapt to over the last 25 years? Well, I'll start with the coolest. Obviously, I, I like technology and to you know have it all in the palm of your hand. <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy from when I started. Yeah, sure. Like you had mentioned, had to come back and download the photos and import them, export them, send a fax out, and all, all that stuff. And now, now I can do it on my phone. I mean, right. photograph right. something, and which which is wild. The tough part that has been more challenging is all the little dotting the i's and crossing the t's we have to do just to do a job these days. It's so cumbersome. I, I can't believe. And it's always just one more thing. I'm just one more, check one more box, uh, send one more certificate or whatever it is. It's always one more thing. And and there's so much to complete. Remember to get the job from A to Z. I find it frustrating right now. That is a pain point. Uh, yeah. So with the different programs we're on to get, fulfill all the obligations we have with them. Whether it's, you know, whether we do it through the franchise or through uh, T, uh, independent TPA, there's just so many little things in there to stay on top of. I find that frustrating and, and expect my staff to, to follow through on that. And because I know over the course of the, even, you know, a thousand years ago when it was much simpler. Yeah. You know, I still didn't ex- expect my staff to do a hundred percent. And, you know, the back office was filling in the blanks, a lot of them just to, to keep, the job's moving forward. So, you know, the project managers can actually go out and manage the project opposed to click yeah. a few buttons. Yeah. Every time they that, make That's certainly something that I've experienced too is on the whole TPA side of everything is, is the button clicking has gotten exponentially more difficult. Jumping through all the hoops to make sure you have everything exactly the way they want so that things are done in certain periods of time and in certain formats and it changes based off of whatever the program is. Uh, and it does become very cumbersome. Uh, and I, I appreciate your statement that direction because it's it's difficult to do, especially it's, you know, in our industry. And you talk about that for a minute. A lot of what we're doing is in off hours. Right. Mrs. Smith doesn't know she has a water loss because she's been at work all day or whatever she's been doing. And so at 6 p.m. she gets home and she finds out that suddenly she has an issue that you've got to go address, files a claim. Things have to be addressed and handled. And so you're trying to do all these things at crazy, strange hours and trying to meet certain protocols and timeframes on all of that. And that's tough, right? It's tough just to go to work at 7, 8 o'clock at night and have to go navigate doing some of those things when you finally get notification of it. And your goal is to try to take care of the customer. But now I got to push these buttons and that makes it a little different, right? Exactly. Yeah, I can appreciate that. Um, I know you've got to wrap up pretty quick. So let's talk about this. What is a mistake that you've made that is hard to fix that you want to keep somebody else from making? It's a good question. Uh, obviously, being a business owner, you're going to make a lot of mistakes and you're going to have to own them. 
which I do every day. So I, I'm very careful when someone asks me to make a decision, I have to do a full analysis, whatever it is. Every time I sign a check, I, I go full analysis. What's this for? What do we owe? Whatever it is. So I guess that's it. <laughs> Being yeah, a business- the checks and balances around business and decisions is is tough. Make sure you have some way to do some checks and balances to ensure what you're doing makes sense and that others are on board with what's happening right inside your team. Put the right team in place for it. Right. That's fair. What's the best decision you've made in business? Uh, best decision. <laughs> I wish I had more of them. No, best decisions, but uh, best decision. Good question. I guess one topic that I, I thought we would talk about a little bit more, which again, with the contractor disease of overselling or overbooking your, your company, because you want to make sales goals, whatever, not too long ago, or comparing notes with other business owners, other Paul Davis offices. Uh, you know, we we recognize that, okay, you can build a huge company, multi-million dollar companies, but you may fail. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm more focused on the margin of what my company is going to produce. And if that margin is enough for me, for my livelihood, uh, in lieu of I want to have a billion dollar company. I, you know, I'm, I'm more of a sm- smaller Paul Davis office, and there's offices that are you know ten times, a hundred times larger than mine. Whatever, that's great. That's great. They're all different markets. I, I don't know what their margin is, but generally, I've learned the larger the company is, the, the smaller the margin. Is. It's tight. So I focus on margin, and that was a good decision for me. I think that's a great decision. Like I can tell you, Rick, I've I've talked to guys that are running 10 to $15 million in revenue that aren't making any money. Right. And that's, so then you're running really hard and really fast and you're doing a lot of work and you're not building anything to show for that. Uh, you know, if you're not able to actually generate some solid EBITDA at the end of all of that, then like why? Uh, now, if it's a reinvestment and you're trying to build it to grow up for something else, maybe that's one thing. But some of these guys just simply are taking in all this work and doing all this revenue, but not doing it efficiently or effectively. And they're not making any money. And I don't need, I don't need to practice anymore. Right. Right. Like I, if I'm going to do it, we need to be making some money at it. Okay. So then one last thing, so you can jump off, man. What's something you want to say that we haven't brought up. haven't talked about that. You would, you would want to share with the 25 year younger version of you before you jumped in it. What would you tell yourself? Keep asking questions. Don't be afraid to ask whoever the adjuster or the homeowner when I started, I didn't want to seem like I didn't know what I was doing, so I was afraid to ask. I learned from a lot of my subcontractors that we have. They'd come in here and they'd say, they'd ask me for work. And I'm like, do you need work? And I'm like, here's a work order. Go to work. And I, and I, I started saying, well, I'm kind of slow this week or this month. I could just ask the adjusters or you know whoever for work. And I started doing that because I was afraid to ask them because I didn't want to tell them, hey, I'm not busy. I don't have any business going. You got to help sure. me. But when the subs were asking me, I was like, hey, yeah, I got work for you. I didn't look at them like, hey, how come you aren't working? They, they just hit a s- slow period. And we all hit slow periods and we all overextend ourselves. So it's just a matter of finding that balance in between. But that's that's like the perfect statement for the Business Aspirin podcast, right? Which is continually be learning. And then don't believe that you, like, don't believe that, the perception is so important that everybody thinks you already know everything and that you have it all figured out and you're constantly busy because it's valuable to go ask those questions and be like, Hey man, 
help me learn this. Cause there's so many people that are willing to help us. So many opportunities out there that you could navigate through if you were just willing to put some of that pride aside and ask questions. And I think that's perfect. Cause a lot of guys need to hear that. Yes. Uh, we have a tendency to, I don't want to lay my cards on the table because I want to look like I'm smarter and better than I am. I want to ensure that people perceive me in a certain fashion. And it makes it difficult for a lot of us because we don't want to ask those questions. But I think that's huge, Rick. And I love the fact that you said that because I've had several guys on here where we've kind of gotten to that spot. And it's like, okay, I don't need to have the big truck just to show off. Um, I can... I can do something else to tell them the place where I can afford the big truck and then I can make some of those things happen. So man, that's perfect. I think that's a perfect note. Uh, I think that's a perfect way for us to end the podcast is you bringing that up and that's valuable for all of our guys listening. And Rick, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to be on and, um, and jumping back on when the connection was bad originally where you were. And uh, man, I'm grateful for all of that. Well, thanks for having me here, Clint. Absolutely, brother. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Take care. This has been a Business Aspirin, pain relief for business podcast. If you're a business owner trying to overcome your business pains, follow us on Apple Podcasts or visit our website for more information, job-docs.com.